Bill and Ted's excellent adventure turned stoner comedy into a sci-fi history lesson and mainstreamed the word dude. Even our 72-year-old president uses it. And it also proves that even if you're dumb, you can always find a way to cheat. This is 80s Movie Guide. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure is about two best friends who have to get an A on a history presentation or one gets sent to military academy. And honestly, in all seriousness, I think the movie mainly focuses on how, like, kids learn differently than other kids. Because obviously, in history class, they can't pay attention to the teacher, and, like, they don't know anything. But once they're, like, physical with it, and it's, like, in action, then they memorize everything. I agree. Know? That That's one of the things I thought facts. about the characters is they seem dumb, yeah. right? And the idea is they don't know anything about history, but they have a... a, a expansive vocabulary you know the words they use are are you know full dollar words yeah (laughs) so there's something going on in there yeah um what'd you think about the film um i thought it was really good i think that that's the that's the kind of movie that would come out today as like pg-13 like it doesn't seem very it's super 80s but it doesn't seem like an 80s movie you know what i mean i agree i think it's aged really well um i you know, this. I was 19 when this came out, and uh, or I guess I was almost 19 when it came out, and I didn't see it in the theater. And then I kind of thought it was a stoner comedy, and it, and and I think a lot of people think that I actually in Google put our Bill and Ted, and the first thing that comes up is stoners, like our Bill and Ted stoners. So, but they're not, uh, and that was sort of surprising to me because I I thought, oh wow, like I thought that's who they were, but um, that's not the case. Uh, in fact, um, I did some reading, and they they are so not stoners that there was originally in the script, Ted has an older brother named Dan, and Dan is a stoner, and who I guess uh, Ted's dad told him that he's off at college, but really he got kicked out of the house and is you know living in a van down by the river. Um, <laughs> I writing. wonder how they would have played that into that story. I know. I think they thought it was a little much, so they took it out. But um, yeah, and also Rufus was originally a 28-year-old uh, waste case, is what they called him, sophomore at San Dimas High School. So they definitely had stoners in mind, but our lead characters are not. Okay. Yeah, but really, I looked at it and I thought this this film holds up really well. Yeah. Um, I know part of the reason the film got criticism at the time is because it really doesn't teach you that much about history in the end. But um, but what? But why? Right? <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to learn about history. Well, I you know what I think what it could do was this. I mean, if we were looking, at, th- this was not an experimentation in teaching high schoolers about history. That's this not. A, yeah, this was not a Bill Nye like kind of <laughs> thing. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, um, but where it succeeds is that, you know, you're like, oh, isn't Beethoven deaf? And then there's a scene in there, right, where he doesn't hear Bill and Ted come in. And you're like, oh, yeah. And then who is that? That's Joan of Arc. And then maybe you go look it up and you go look into it a little bit. Yeah, I really did not know who Joan of Arc was. I still really don't. Yeah. Like, I've heard it a billion times, but I really don't know who she is. And you didn't know who Sigmund Freud was? No. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of... Well, I knew the name. Mm-hmm. But I didn't remember what he did. Right. I took I failed AP Psych, so there's <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't really pay attention during that section. Yeah. Um, no, so I think the idea is that it in, sort of inspires you to go learn. But really, what the film was, because uh, the whole time I was watching it, I thought this is this is Groundlings. This is Second City. These are mm-hmm. characters because the theory with Groundlings and Second City is that if you 
develop a character enough, you can put them into any situation and you, and, and it'll just play out. It'll write itself. Um, and, and I thought that that was very much the case. And and in fact, the writers, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, this came out of an improv that they were doing at UCLA. And, um, and I guess they would just do it for themselves. Most, most of the time they just had like rented a stage and there were five of them in their group and they just sort of did it for fun without an audience. Okay. And that's, (laughs) and that's where it came from is they thought, well, what if we have, high school students talking about world events and they know nothing about world events. How would that sound? And then over the years it sort of turned into history and then they did start doing it in front of an audience and, you know, they would encourage the audience to throw out questions to ask Bill and Ted about history. And so that's kind of where it all comes from. Um, but you know, the other thing too is the, is the language. And we talked about, um, mainstreaming the word dude. So dude was in the eighties vocabulary, but this film really cemented it as a word that everybody uses now that everybody uses it. I don't even know how many times a day I say it. I say it. I mean, everyone says it. Like I said, president Trump says it, which is crazy. I say it way too much. I have way too many guy friends. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, I wouldn't say all of, you know, bogus and bodacious and heinous. And these are words that some, at some points peaked and valleyed, you know, um, yeah. Bodacious. I've heard maybe like once or twice. Yeah, so the way they spoke, to me, again, thinking that was sort of like a stoner lingo, uh, and that wasn't the case, is that they were trying to not be of the valley, or not trying not to be of the beach in the surfer community, but sort of be their own thing. And they placed it in San Dimas, because you know, San Dimas, if you don't know, is a real place in Los Angeles, uh, out, outer community, but it's sort of in the... It's just nowhere. It's nowhere. It's not the Val. It's not a place that has a strong identity. And so essentially this movie gave it its identity. Um, But yeah, that, that was the idea is that they kind of had their own language and their own way of speaking. Um, So what did you think about uh, Bill and Ted's personalities or approach to life? Well, they may, I mean, I hang out with a group of skater boys, so, and who like punk rock and old 80s, 90s music, 70s, like, stuff like that. So, they basically act exactly like those guys, Uh basically. Except they don't use, like, those big words, but they do, like, kind of talk, like, not, like, uh... Gnarly. Yeah, like, (laughs) stupid like that. Um, and they also are not the brightest. Well... And, and again, you know, so this movie starts making headway in 1986 as a film. They had Warner Brothers interested, uh, and it kind of was more than they thought. But one of the obstacles that they kept finding, um, that the, that the screenwriters and then the director they brought on kept finding was that people said, these characters don't exist. These are not real people. And, you know, as you said, they, you know, for, for the writers, they said, have you been to a mall? (laughs) They exist. (laughs) These are real people. Um, and then the other thing too, is that in the mid in 1986, uh, that's when Warner brothers said, you know, they, when they finally killed it and said, we're not going to make this movie. They said that they thought that the teen comedy genre was dead. That will never die. <laughs> there's always going to be teenagers. Right, there every is. Every year. Every year there's a new teenager. But there is sort of a, you know, there was a discovery in the 80s of just how successful a teen comedy could be. And, uh, you know, before we had B 
beach beach blanket bingo, you know, Frankie and Annette. You know, they had kind of those types of films or Gidget movies, which were surfer movies and beach movies, by the way. Um, but they didn't really have the, these films about real people and real characters. And Bill and Ted is definitely not of the John Hughes variety, right? This is not a John Hughes film. This They are not really talking to each other and other characters about, you know, too much of real world problems, except for it is that it is that teen comedy thing in which what is their issue? They have to pass the history presentation or one will go to military academy. And you've had friends both be sent to military academies and threatened to be sent to military academies, right? Yeah. So that that's, you know, that's, that's real. <laughs> yeah. No, that happens a lot around here. Way too much. Way too much. Um, so you had said that you thought that they were low-key cheating. Yeah, I mean, like, like, they, okay, they, like, didn't, they did the presentation, and they talked about all these, like, you know, historical figures, but they went, they got a time, they, like, were given a time machine, and went back and went to the actual places to learn exactly how it was, and bring back those people with them to tell them what happened. So they basically got a ton of people just to tell them the answers. Right. Right, good point. All they had to do was introduce them. Mm-hmm. But didn't they learn along the way? They did, but they that's that's not what the teacher was trying to like get them to do. Yeah. I mean they did it and they got the A plus. He was like, All right, that was sick, but like that's not what he wanted them to do. Right. Right. I know one of the things that the um that they that the writers have said that they're disappointed with is the the scenes with the characters interacting together. And I think that's such a rich opportunity. You know, how would Abraham Lincoln and Napoleon get along? Yeah. Um, and that was part of what I thought was fun, was putting Napoleon in all these scenes and, you know, how he's cheating on bowling. And yeah. <laughs> again, back to if you know who the character is, you can put them in any situation and predict what they'll do. Yeah. Um, but the thing I loved about Bill and Ted is how... Uh, And what I wasn't expecting, having not seen it, you know, uh, having never watched it until now, was, is how... Oh, you've never seen it? I had never seen it. I didn't, I didn't see it when it came out, and I hadn't seen it since, because, you know, I, I hate stoner comedy, and that's what I thought it was. But the thing is, is how good-natured they were. Yeah. That they were just really very upbeat, positive characters. Yeah. Um, and so... As most stoners are. No, stop. No, stoner, char- <laughs> stoner characters are most of the time, like, the people who are like, like, I'm not in this, spread positivity, but I'm not, <laughs> like, yeah. you deal with that, I'm just gonna chill here. Like, Well, the be- thing I find annoying about stoner comedy is the, what? Like, that's the thing the I don't... Dumbness, the dumbness. Yeah. The dumb, yeah. But there were points in the movie where you were laughing at No, like, I did. I thought points. it was I did. I thought it was funny. Maybe yeah. because they weren't really stoned. That's uh <laughs> it was just you can't laugh at someone for just it's truly like, being not bright. <laughs> whatever. Instead of clouding their brain. Um no, so what Ed Solomon said was we considered Bill and Ted to be these innocents who would wander wide eyed into any situation and treat everyone exactly the same completely open, completely friendly. They'd treat the guy sitting next to them in math class the same as Abraham Lincoln with no sense of the context in which they lived. And I thought that was pretty accurate and um, and and pretty wonderful. But who I really thought these characters were, were 
was I thought the, they're SpongeBob. SpongeBob and Patrick. Yeah, that, yep. that's who they are. I mean, that's that's what one of the things is. I started working in this field of um, being a parent critic and advising parents on what they needed to know about films and and the content inside of them. I was really blindsided by the parent uh, pushback on SpongeBob. I was, you know, because here I am super aware, as you have said before, there was no Tom and Jerry in our house. Home Alone is banned. These are things that you guys were not allowed to watch growing up. So I consider myself pretty on the ball. And uh, I was stunned that there was this this pushback from, you know, uh, on SpongeBob. And the reason is, is because all the other characters are so nasty and mean and say, you know, call them morons and call them idiots and stupid and yeah. and um but you know spongebob is so sweet and innocent and positive and he doesn't hear those things right he just keeps on he's he's fine with himself he has no issues with himself yeah and so i thought that they that bill and ted were very similar you know i don't know you don't really get any insight into where they fit into the high school system, you know, cast system of popularity. Yeah. They're just kind of the wild stallions all out on their own and best buds and don't really care or, you know, that yeah. the, there's no real feeling about that. Um, so how do you think they would do in your high school today? Um, they would probably be pretty popular. People who are, aren't nasty and are really cool and laid back like that, that's who people like. That's why all the popular kids are all the kids that, like, do drugs. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> they're like, I don't care. Yeah. And they're stupid, and it's funny to watch them be stupid. Oh, yeah? You guys get a kick out of that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless you're not, like, unless you're depressing. If you're a depressing kind of drugged out person, it's gross. It's so annoying. I really saw only one cringy 80s moment in the film, and that's when Bill and Ted are excited and they hug each other. Or maybe, oh, I know what it is. It's when um, they hug each other because they thought that that Ted had died, was stabbed, and they hug, and then they go, fag. And you're like, oh, no, don't say that. You know, yeah, that was pretty 80s. (laughs) I don't think anyone... Honestly, like, I'm not a gay, so I can't speak for them. But from what I know from my friends is that... that Who are probably 50%. I would say 50% of your friends are gay. Yeah, not 50, but I'd say like 25%. Okay, if you... I have a lot of friends. No, so if you weigh... But if you weigh the closest friends... Yeah, the closest friends, probably 50%. But in total, probably 25%. Okay. But from what I've known from them is that the word fag nowadays isn't... Or faggot, it's like... It's not that bad anymore. I, I say it to them. <laughs> like, I'm like, what's up, fag? Like, and, but they, it's like a joke like that, but that's because I know them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I guess it's, it's different if you're like bullying them, but if you're saying it out of like, like friendliness or jokingness, most of the time they won't like get offended. Okay. It, but it depends on the person, obviously. Okay. I mean, what would you say that? But if I was gay, I wouldn't find if honestly i wouldn't find that offensive okay everybody says it everybody says it yeah still yeah really yeah okay yeah people say faggot all the time people don't call call gay people faggots most of the time they're not calling them that they're calling just like their friends that oh okay but people don't like i thought i thought that word was out of circulation no people don't because people aren't bullying them with the word they're just calling it to their friend like it's like, just, 
I don't know. It's so weird. I don't get it either. But as long as you're going, like, if you're not, if you're pointing at a kid and calling him a faggot and are about to punch him in the face, that's bullying. And that's, right. that's bad. Right. But if you're like, what's up, fag? Like, what's good? Really? You're just saying hi. It's just, it's just like, what's up, dude? Like, sometimes. Okay. It, de- it, depends, on the, it depends on the people. But since I hang out with a lot of guys, I hear all the time. And I hang out with a lot of gay people, so I say it all the time. And sometimes, sometimes Luke is like, that's my word. <laughs> Don't uh-huh. say that. Yeah. But I say, but who cares what he thinks? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, his, his opinion is valid in this specific area. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I just feel strongly you shouldn't try it outside of your, oh, your no, little no, world. No. Okay. Don't ever say it to a gay person that you're not good friends with. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other 80s. I mean, everything in this movie was so 80s. Uh, from, you know, a phone booth, which is, not something you see anymore. Did you even see those in the 80s? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have cell phones. Okay, true. We were just getting those brick phones, you know, yeah. in the late 80s. And that was only for, you know, executives, like Hollywood executives, real estate agents. People who needed it. Yeah. And it was almost more of a status symbol, honestly. Like, yeah. look how, what a big shot I am. I've got a brick phone. Um, the, the, the stuff with Van Halen and then the heavy metal music. Um, I mean, although I wouldn't call that heavy, heavy metal, but more rock music. Yeah. Uh, cause that was another people, you know, people refer to Bill and Ted as metal heads, but that is not what metal heads look no. like to me. I know what metal heads look like and I, I knew metal heads and they were not metal heads. Yeah. Um, for sure. They were just rock punk kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then their focus on making a music video, right? That was the whole thing at the beginning. They, they're like, we have to make a music video, right? Because in the 80s, that was the only yeah. path to success. MTV <laughs> was it, bro. <laughs> that was. It was it. Yep. Um, and, then the, and then, you know, how they obsessed with Van Halen. And um, one of the things they were talking about was that Rufus was also written to be like David Lee Roth. And uh, it was a later interview I read, and they said, when he was cool. <laughs> I don't know who that is. He was the lead singer, the original lead singer of Van Halen. He did Jump. I'll show you some. We'll, we'll I was going to say we'll find some old videos, but honestly, it's when a lot of the times it's just like if someone recorded it and then put it on YouTube. I can't. I am so stunned that MTV does not have a serious catalog of all of these songs that made them great, just accessible. You know, if if Van Halen happened to put Jump on Vivo or YouTube or Vimeo or something, you know, you're in luck. But in the meantime, you know, just if some rando put it on and you're, and by the way, and then gets 3 million views and I'm thinking, okay, you know, Eurythmics, now you've just lost out on money that you, that could have gone to you. And now it's going to some rando person who's just profiting off of you. That's a side note. That's a side note. Um, <laughs> back to our 80s stuff. One of the plot points is about winding your watch. Yeah. That's something that where you couldn't set it today and have that be an issue. Yeah, I I was I didn't really understand that. That took me a couple minutes to think about when they were talking about it. Yeah. And the and the whole thing with the mall. I mean, the mall, the 80s was the mall, yeah. you know. And I love that when um uh the guys, I'm trying to remember who it was, Sigmund Freud and who was he with when they were hitting on the Girls uh, at the food court. There with Billy the Kid. Oh, and, Billy the Kid. Um, Socrates. Oh, okay. Yeah. Socrates. Oh, Socrates. That's right. <laughs> 
Um, Did you not know what his real name was? But yeah, when they're hitting on the girl, that girl had total mall hair. That was like yeah. the most 80s mall hair ever. And then the way they giggle about it. Well, is... we watched Valley Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. It was dead on. Expect. It was dead on. Um, I know that there was another thing you didn't understand, which was. Uh, they said, let's reach out and touch someone about the phone booth. Because that was the, they had yeah. a theme song, reach out, reach out and touch someone. <laughs> and so they had a whole song about using the telephone. I'm not really sure why they felt they needed to advertise. But there was a, a song about that. Um, and what, what struck you? Oh, and then the Mohawk in the police department. Remember, there's a guy in the police department who's, being interviewed in the background. He has this massive mohawk. I didn't... You said that, and I didn't see it. It was white. It was huge. I didn't see it. I mean, I see people today with mohawks. Yeah. And, um... But they're... And again, mohawks are mainstream now. You are not that rebellious if you have a mohawk. It's just a style choice. Yeah. But there was... It was a real statement, and the mohawks were just serious. I don't even know. I've never understood how people could get them to stand up, right? Yeah. I don't get that either. Um, And the synthesizer that Beethoven plays, very 80s, and the aerobics... Yeah, that um, that Joan of Arc is doing, which I was an aerobics instructor in the late, I think in 1989, I was an aerobics instructor, and so, and then she's played by Jane Weedlin, who was in the Go Go's, who'd be one of your most 80s bands. And they also, I don't know, you know, they, they had the three most important people in the world who were the futuristic people they kept coming back to, and so I'm sure you had no idea who any, who any of those people were. No. Nope. But they were um, all 80s musicians, all people who got major play on MTV. So it was Clarence Clemens, who was the sax player for Bruce Springsteen. He's pretty famous. Fee Wayville, who was the lead singer of The Tubes. Uh, one of their songs is She's a Beauty. I will play it for you later. And uh, Martha Davis, who is the lead singer for the Motels. And so these were all super 80s, but they didn't want anybody too famous. They wanted it more like, wait, is Singles that? from, yeah. Yeah, where, where you would just be, wait a second, was that, who was that? Was, yeah. You know, and, and that was kind of the idea behind it. Um, and I would say that the thing that I endorse the most about this film is be excellent to each other. Yeah. You know, which is really... Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, the golden rule. Which is basically just the character's personality, as you said in the article mm-hmm. quote earlier. Exactly, exactly. All right, well, this is 80s Movie Guide. I think we all should go shopping at Casual Corner now, which <laughs> had, had, a, had a moment there where I was like, oh, yes, I remember Casual Corner from the 80s. It's where everybody's mom shopped. Um, I'm Tara McNamara. And I'm Riley Roberts. And you can follow us on social media. At Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Facebook. At 80s Movie Guide. And the website. Yeah, 80smovieguide.com. And we'll have all the information there for you to find so you can read all about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Deuces, dudes. 